0: okay y'all ready for this
1: (laughs) (laughs) perfect thank you
0: (laughs) love it you're listening to the Adam and Kyle podcast where we hope to ignite inspiration through seeking the extraordinary in the ordinary we will bring you episodes where we will let you in on our decades long journey as friends and have conversations with guests about their passions learning through lived experiences and what challenges and excites them Also listen for bonus episodes that revolve around our shared love for music as we take a deep dive into our favorite bands, albums, and what we're spinning. Thanks for hanging out with us. Enjoy the show. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Adam and Kyle podcast. I am Adam and I'm sitting here with my co-host as always, Kyle Riggy, and we're also sitting here with a very special guest. Uh, She grew up in Okotoks, Alberta. She's a Canadian singer-songwriter who's been nominated for three official YYC Music Awards for her songs released under Kelsey Rain Music. She was also featured on CTV's Inspired Albertans for a collaboration project with the Lions Club of Canada Guide Dogs. She has worked with children with severe behavioral needs for 20 years and as a behavioral interventionalist coaching parents, caregivers, and teachers. Her brand new music project, Alice Awake, recently debuted their new single, Rabbit Hole, which is fueled by catchy beats, philosophy, and Alice in Wonderland metaphors, inspired by her observations of human behavior and spirituality. We're very excited to have her on the show today. Please welcome Kelsey Rain. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
3: that was a lovely introduction.
2: <laughs>
0: that was that was quite an intro. Yeah,
3: that's a, there's some cool stuff in there. I really like the Alice in Wonderland. It's always been one of my favorite like weird movies. So <laughs> yeah, right?
2: Because anything goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's a thing.
3: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, we've got uh, Kelsey here in Tokes with me and Adams in BC. So we've got kind of a funny little setup here, but uh, we're excited to have this semi-live podcast because live is is new to us apparently so. <laughs> i know i've got a little
0: bit of fomo right now
3: oh that's too bad <laughs> we tried to include you with this can...
0: fisheye camera <laughs> totally i was gonna say i can see both of you i can hear both of you so we're good to go
3: nice
2: you just can't see yourself is that where we're... or can you see yourself too
0: i can see myself no, in a well little tiny square together. in the corner together. Good. exactly so Kelsey, how did you just tell us a little bit about how you and Kyle met, came together and, and what eventually led you to coming onto our show?
2: Well, my recollection was that um, when I was doing that gig for the town of Okotoks, right? Like during the streaming? That's that right. The first one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's like, I think we may have run into each other since then, but
1: yeah.
2: um, I think, yeah, originally uh, during the pandemic lockdown during, in the winter um, mm-hmm. you know, we were, we were able to, um, do some streaming from, from our homes and the town of Oktoks and I can't remember who sponsored it, one of the banks or something. <laughs> they, uh, they, uh, you know, uh, said that they would, um, hook me up with some gear and, and so I could do like a decent recording from my home and, and, and do that for an hour. And so Kyle came over to, um, to set up a bit of gear and make sure the sound was sweet Uh, And it was, it was like silky sweet. sweet. It was so much better than like anything I'd attempted to do on my own um, last year during the lockdown when I was trying to live stream. So that was really cool. Just a little couple pieces of equipment in there and and rock and roll. So that's how we met originally, Um, which was a really weird experience because um, I wasn't used to like not having any interaction with the people that I was playing for. Like in the live streams I was doing at home, I could at least see like comments coming up and like, you know, that kind of thing. And it was sort of interactive and I could hear myself mm-hmm. a little bit better. And whereas when I was doing that, I was like, I really just hope this, this this is, works. This yeah. is working, <laughs> that everything is on. I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, Kyle hooked me up and ended up going really great. So yeah, that's how we met originally perfect and then I heard you guys were doing this and I messaged him a few months ago and I was like hey man if you ever wanna you know
3: <laughs> <laughs> If you want <laughs>
1: yeah, so. I
3: was just gonna say that that art pack at home it was a funny thing so I worked with a few artists uh, beyond Kelsey and everyone said the same thing that the uh, the live stream is such a different performance because you don't get to interact with your audience and you, like it's you, you don't really know how it sounds at the other end so Um, Mm -hmm. for, for the one that I did for Kelsey, I was actually at home after I set up the equipment and I was watching the stream from home. So it's kind of a, a funny thing there. Wild.
0: Well, that's exactly what I was going to ask is kind of what that experience was like doing some live streams like that, as opposed to playing in front of a crowd. What was that? What was that like?
2: Um, well, I mean, it's it's difficult because you have no idea how you're doing. I mean, you just, you just, it it feels very similar to, you know, when you're just playing by yourself, except for that everyone's watching you (laughs) and you don't know it and you don't know who. And so it's a little bit freaky like that as you're like, "Uh, yeah, well, I hope this sounds all right, guys and whatever. And, um, you know, it's harder to, um, the whole beauty of music is connection, right? And so when you right. don't really get to, to feel that connection because you can't see anybody's reaction, you can't just even like, you know, cause there's times where I've seen just that little bit of a finger tap on the table. And that means the world when the, everybody else is talking over you in, a, <laughs> in a, a, a pub or something, right? And you're like, okay, somebody loves me still, you know, you know they care a little bit. Whereas like when you do that online, it's unless you have the comment feed to, to read, mm-hmm. which I couldn't during that one um you really have no idea if this is just like bombing or what that's right there's no finger taps there's There's no no finger taps taps. there's no like yes you know i love this song or like whatever
3: there's not there's not even the people going boo you
2: suck (laughs) yeah even that you know what feedback is feedback it's like they're paying attention right yeah look what happened to rebecca black
0: and like wow rebecca black right? first mentioned <laughs> on the podcast right?
3: love it it's not even friday i know it's, it's not putting her in hump day she's old enough now yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah so anyways um it's challenging and uh but um i don't know i found that at least with the the one thing with being an artist in lockdown is it we were the one people that did have something to do we weren't getting paid much for it yeah but at least it wasn't like we couldn't work on our stuff i was writing constantly during it i was taking mm-hmm. that like oh i don't have to try to get to the next thing tomorrow i don't have to do this do this do this i can just sit down and just make right. stuff and and think which can also be to your detriment
1: if you're just thinking all the time totally <laughs> yeah. but
2: you know yeah. i found it it gave me a space to really work hard
4: so that was, that was all right cool
0: we're we're gonna get into this a little bit later into the into the conversation, but I'm just curious if this if this new project of yours, The Alice Awake, was a product of the pandemic.
2: Um, it was, it happened, so when did I have that? I mean, yes, the whole, um... The whole journey. It took a really long time for me to like be happy with it. I went back and I, I think the version that okay. I have is like, you know, version eight that we've oh. like, we thought okay, like usually once I get a version back from my producer, right. It's, it's like one, maybe two, right. Because we've already done so much prep before that we've already done all the recording, blah, blah, blah. And I think like the final version is like dash eight or something oh, like yeah. that. So it took, I, hmm. I just kept going back in and back in and adding more things. It's like, I call it my creative exorcism because I literally <laughs> w- went from, Um, starting with Grant as as my producer and being really insecure about like what I could contribute other than some lyrics and chords, right? And then like I was hoping my voice was good enough. And, you know, like, I, you know, to like, all right, Grant, I got this new idea. I'm like, we're going to put kettlebells in here and we're going to do this. And he's like, what about a foghorn? I'm like, what about a foghorn? And I'm like, what about a, <laughs> like, what about a broken freezer? <laughs> and then, and they, like, literally, like that sound at the beginning of it is this broken freezer from Main Street Market and more oh. um, in Tokes here, which is a, a huh. place that sells my merch and my jewelry. And yep. I've known them for years. And, and uh, yeah, I just kept taking risks and, and not getting stuck on, like, is this dumb? Right. right. Is this, is this dumb? Nobody's, right. nobody's doing this that I know of or, or whatever. Is this weird? You don't even, you know, cause I get caught up in that. I kind of fell into music. So I'm always kind of struggling with that imposter syndrome. Right. And so creatively, mm-hmm. is it okay for me to like literally throw in like the kitchen sink and this literally, and everything yeah. <laughs> and the kitchen sink or this is a broken freezer, but same thing, you know? Um, and yep. so definitely just. I think the pandemic helped with that because it was like, well, we're all dying anyways, essentially. (laughs) Like, like, you know what I mean? We were, we are in this space, especially at the beginning where like, you know, we're in lockdown, who knows what's when, what's going to happen tomorrow kind of thing. I'm like, what am I doing worrying about it not being right Mm -hmm. or good enough or musically making sense or like whatever. I don't know. Just just do what you want to do, Kels. This is potentially the end of the world. Right? You know? (laughs) So that really helped with that one. And I had it done for, um, a while, but, um, but I was, um, I was waiting on a potentially a grant for a music video that I didn't end up getting, which is too bad. But the weird part about the music video is that there's so many references that I, in the music video, because when I was applying for the grant, we had to do like a 10 page, um, application with like, uh, all the director's notes and, and, you know, the storyboard and blah, blah, blah. And, um, hmm. this was right before the pandemic happened, like, like in uh February or whatever that I started writing it and applying for this music yeah. video concept. Now in the music video everyone's walking around with boxes on their heads. Um, and then they start mm-hmm. liberating themselves from these boxes during the chorus. Right. And like, the, there's like this divide in the people that are liberated and the people that are walking around. In the box or right? outside box. the box. Yeah, outside yeah. the box, right? <laughs> but it was so mirroring to the masks situation that ended up happening. I even like, have this, and you like read it in my thing, Like the new normal is these mm-hmm. boxes. And right. that was before the new normal was even a word.
1: Yeah.
2: And it was, it was pretty hmm. freaky. And the children didn't wear the boxes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like the young children didn't have boxes on their heads in this music video. But the, Interesting. The adults all had them. So, anyways, yeah, I uh, didn't get the music video done, but because it was going to be 20 grand. <clears throat> mm-hmm.
3: <laughs>
2: but it was just. Production
3: isn't cheap.
1: Just <laughs> the
2: thing was that there were so many, like, kind of um, premonitions about what was coming if for whatever reason uh, in this script that I had written for that. Um, that hmm. it kind of encouraged me even more to make sure I get this song out, make sure I keep pushing these weird boundaries right. with music because yeah. something's there's a shift going on here and I can either fight it or I can jump on board to some degree. So that's what I've tried to do is just like use the chaos as a bit of inspiration instead of just, you know, dwelling in it.
3: Right. Do you find hmm. or do you think that uh, pushing past those boundaries in this project will transfer to other projects of yours as well? Yeah, I mean... has it already
2: just even the confidence to to do what feels interesting to me instead of what i think i should what other people will accept right you know and that's kind of um transitioned over even into my kelsey Ray music where i can't keep my story straight over there like i've got like every genre kind of blended together and then you know i was kind of sort of feeling this they were calling it they meaning like people that have done a review or something experimental alternative pop was sort of the way that they were saying that like rock And I am currently making a country folk song um, with Cody Hall from Staveley. Yeah.
1: You know, <laughs>
2: so, um, and I was worried about, well, oh, you got some momentum with this, you know, feel that you're going for Kels. Can you just, you know, not do that and, and do something else because that's what feels right for you. Mm-hmm. And Bill, I'm like, well, hmm. look what I did with Alice Awake. I'm like mm-hmm. You can do whatever the hell you want, Kels.
1: It's true. Yep.
2: Like, just, just do it. And who cares? Yeah. So, yeah, and it's been good because so far, because I did um, kind of run with that, this country folk thing that I've never done before, that it's gotten like the people that I've shown so far with it not being out yet. They're just like, whoa, like this one's great. I can't wait for this. I want this to be my wedding song. So yeah, take Hmm. risks. That's the point and you never know
0: yeah definitely
2: so yeah it has i would say transfer over and to everything even i mean i've always um taken risks and th- been outside the box thinking with my behavioral work that i do and I work with kids because you have to because right. these kids f- are function outside of the box 100 percent of the time mm-hmm. so if you try to make right. them jump in where you're at you know you're you're just going to end up with more conflict you got to meet them where they're at and mm-hmm. so my brain's always been mm-hmm. kind of used to um trying to get outside of where think of what no one else has thought of align with, right. with everyone else, what they're too scared to do and that kind of thing.
3: That's cool. Yeah. I think we're going to circle back on the, uh, on, on your work a little bit, but we kind of wanted to focus a little bit on the music for a little while here. So I think there's a, a few more questions, but hold that thought basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you kind of said you, you fell into music. What, what did that look like for you or how did that happen?
2: Um, it looked like um I used to live uh on list Eliz- like in Gloron Place. I don't know where that's in is. my early so in my early twenties. So just off of Elizabeth Street, there's like these mm-hmm. townhouses. And um yeah, me and my cat used to walk to Grand Central. And I say me and my cat because he was like one of these cats that would like would follow me and wait for me outside the bar pacing <laughs> until I came home and then walked me home. <laughs> he he was cool. <laughs> and uh <laughs> And so we would go there and uh, there's karaoke one night there and I started and I just kind of tried it. And I, I was literally like almost collapsing. I was so nervous Oh yeah. and, uh, and, but people clapped and they were like, whoa, you should, you know, come back and do this again. And I'm like, well, that's weird. You know, <laughs> I didn't grow up singing or mm. playing instruments or anything like that. I was a soccer player. I was in the drama room quite a bit, but I usually like doing like dark comedy, not like musicals. Right. And so, yeah, just did this, this singing thing. And, uh, yeah, I got some support through karaoke, uh, the, so much so that the lady used to like drive me to her gigs with her, like, she'd be like, get in, we're going to Black Diamond to <laughs> take me there. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and that lasted for like a year and a half or so. And then, um, yeah, I was in the, the Willie, the old, what's now the Duke. Yeah. And, uh, and I did some karaoke there one night and I had talked to the guy cause I'd just bought a guitar. Um, and he said, uh, t- phone me the next day. And he says, hey, can you do a show? And I'm like, w- what do you mean a show? Like, what do you, what are you talking about? And he's like, uh, well, my karaoke person canceled and and um, can you, it was probably a week later from when I talked to him just to get the story straight. Right. And uh, and I'm like, uh, I don't know, like, I don't have equipment. He's like, just do an open mic. My karaoke person canceled. And I'm like, when? And he's like, in two hours. And, <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay. Oh, no. I just said, okay. I was <laughs> like, I don't know why I was like I fucking wing it, I guess. that's." <laughs> Uh, you know, so that's how I literally, so I showed up that night for this open mic. I had grabbed quickly some backtracks because the one thing I could do was karaoke, right? Because right. i had been doing it. So I went to Karaoke World that, like within that time yeah. and <laughs> it burned some uh, karaoke CDs. I knew about three chords of my guitar and I hosted this open mic where I was the only one singing and playing <laughs> for wow. like three yeah. hours. <laughs> and then I did that basically for seven months. Um, and I just kept getting more tracks and learning a little bit more guitar It's a little bit
3: like diving into the deep end, like at first. (laughs) Well,
2: yeah, and I I remember that's part of that imposter syndrome, right? Where I'm like, when are they going to figure out? I have no idea what I'm doing. you know? (laughs) When will they know? And they just, no one ever complained, and they just kept paying me. And I just, you know, okay, well, I guess Hmm. I'm doing this. And so, yeah, then I hosted another one across the street, and then I went to music school in Nelson for a year, and then I came back and released some originals, and here we are.
1: Nice.
2: So, yeah, I just keep kind of... Going with things, um, not really with any clear direction, but I like making stuff because um, it's super therapeutic. So mm-hmm.
3: That's it, it is. Yeah, there's one thing we can all agree on: is music is therapy. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Definitely. That's also a really cool kind of origin story, because like a lot of them, a lot of the ones you hear are more more so like, oh yeah, I just grew up like my parents put a guitar or something in my hand, and yeah. I just grew up playing music the whole time, yeah, and maybe. it's just like. No, nope, you just were thrown into the fire and <laughs> went along with it. And... Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can burn. relate to that too. So, oh, cool. Cool. You perfectly segued into my next question Oh, good. Uh, when you just said that your music is kind of like your therapy. Because um, when I was listening to some of your music preparing for this, I noticed that a lot of the lyrics seem very personal and very deep mm-hmm. and... I was curious as to, as to kind of that feeling of putting stuff that personal into music that is being released out into the world for everyone to hear and and kind of how is that, how is that therapeutic for you, but also how is it, what does that kind of feel like, like just having those really personal thoughts Uh that everyone has access to?
1: Uh,
2: Terrifying is all hell. (laughs) Especially the first one. Um, You know, I I really, in my mind, because I'm a really intuitive person, that's why I work with the kids that I do, because I can kind of see past what's presented uh, right in front of you. You know, you get a kid throwing a chair. Most people are, like, either scared or mad or whatever. And I'm like, oh, man, that kid's in so much pain. Like, it hurts. He's so scared. And I, like, I get this other level. So I think, you know, at the start, I thought that other people would are the same as me. So mm-hmm. they, not only am I, you know, to like, you know, con- saying a lot of things that are true to me with lyrically, but now they're going to know my insides for real and <laughs> everyone is going to know it. Cause it's to the whole world. Right. And that's like
1: mm-hmm.
2: hugely exposing. And then I found out that people don't, <laughs> they, they don't. I mean, the few people that, that get it are because they were supposed to get it because they, they get it. Cause they can relate to it. Not because they want to judge you for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, um, mm-hmm uh so that's been really cool because it's created a a little bit more of a feeling of of alignment with people whereas i grew up feeling fairly uh black like the black sheep you know and and that's why i do the work that i do because i get it yeah and uh um and i and i struggled with a lot of um, physical health, uh, issues, mental health issues, uh, lots of anxiety, depression, like right from like grade seven, you know, I was hiding in the math help room. Like that was my day. And then switching schools halfway through grade nine and then hmm. getting in fights in in, in grade 10 and, and, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, what I've recognized for therapeutically over the years, um, is that music lights up the brain like nothing else does. When you listen to music and you play an instrument and you sing at the same time, it actually like activates you know, your neurology in a whole different way uh, that mm-hmm. you may otherwise have not been accessing for quite a while, especially if you're dealing with depression, anxiety, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I tried to step away from it, not knowing that that, that was what was going on for me and why um, I was doing so well suddenly when I got into music. And the more I got into music, the better I was doing with my mental health. Um, and once I stepped away from it, cause I had a kid, I realized how crucial it was for me to do it, to keep my brain regulated, to keep things going, to keep on track. Um, but yeah, it's nonetheless always terrifying to put your no. raw emotions out there. Um, because it is, all oh, my music is a true story. It's just like, whether I say it metaphorically or whether mm-hmm. I say it literally or like, you never really know whether I'm using an, another person to represent it for me within it's it's all a real piece of me yeah um and yeah so that's that's always um scary but i think more people should be doing that because uh once you once you just put your authenticity out there you know then you deal with that discomfort and then you can grow from it
3: Mm -hmm.
2: otherwise you're just Mm -hmm. locked down hiding and then wonder why you're sad because you're never (laughs) who you really are
3: (laughs) no that's pretty interesting like from a therapeutic perspective that sharing your experience through someone else or, or metaphorically or through uh, lyrics, that's very uh, synonymous with some therapy techniques, right? Where you kind of like can either write out a story or you write a letter. You basically get your thoughts out of your head and out there. And then you're taking it a step further and representing it melodically as well and kind of like using those neural pathways to reconcile the whole thing, which is, is very cool. And that's one one of the reasons I love music is it is such a a powerful and, and connecting medium.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And it's really like, like you're saying, all that kind of um, sorting through instead of just like these emotions and these thoughts and these feelings just kind of chaotically swirling all the time. And that's where we tend to lose, you know, sight of, you know, the difference between what we think and our reality and what other people are perceiving and all that kind of stuff. Um, it forces you into like an organized structure of some degree. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah. and then with that, you can start to metabolize what your experience is instead of just like desperately hanging on to it. Absolutely, it's like brain gym, right? Metabolize <laughs> <Brain> gym, <yeah. laughs> your your feelings like you would go to the gym. If yeah. you just sit and you just don't don't exercise, you know, you're not, your metabolism is going to go down, and then you're going to feel like crap.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So how'd you get connected with uh, producers and and grants and stuff? Like, how how did your journey move from you know karaoke? and open mics into this production and and music releasing world?
4: Well,
2: um, I, uh, put out a a little clip of, um, when I was, I think it was, yeah, I think it was when I was your man, uh, that Bruno Mars song on, on YouTube Mm -hmm. and a Mm -hmm. guy that I used to hang out with a lot in high school, um who so we graduated together uh, but hadn't talked to in years uh craig carswell he's a producer in high river okay. and a singer songwriter and um he saw the clip i think through like youtube or facebook or wherever he saw it and he had just opened a studio and that was this was 2018 or 17 or 18 yeah and uh he said hey you know i just opened the studio i'll give you some floor time for free if you want to come in And try it. And I was like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) like, absolutely not. (laughs) And, uh, but anyways, I did. And he was really encouraging and, um, you know, did a, did a great job and it was kind of met me where I was at with my anxiety around performing and recording. Recording is a whole different thing because you can really hear yourself. You know, it's, people are talking over you when you're in a bar. It's not center stage really. Right. And if you are, you will, you've got Mm -hmm. a whole band behind you usually or something. Right. So when you can get your vocals and everything right tied in that mic, and it's terrifying. Oh, yeah. And And
3: hearing yourself is very weird. Yeah.
2: So um, anyway, he brought me in studio, and uh, we did a little recording, and then I put that on on Facebook, and, you know, got a good response. I was like, well, that's cool. And then he really, like, nurtured me for the next um, about year and a half or so. Uh, Put out my first original with him. Um, and he really helped gather the musicians that we needed. Cause I had no idea how to put out on Like right. I, I had my chords, my vocals, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the little that I could play on my piano or whatever. And I'm like, now what? Like I, I didn't know that if I had to write the parts for the guitar and the, and the bass. I thought somehow yeah. that's how, that's how this works. That you write all the parts and there's like, there's no way I can, <laughs> I don't know how to play all these instruments. Right. I'll, I'll never <laughs> be able to make a song. And then mm. anyway, so he obviously got me in line and tracked down those people for me and um so that was all thanks to him uh getting that first one out there and then that one ended up getting nominated for people's choice award so that was really cool that was like I was in the western wheel for that and that's when I looked at it from the outside for the first time and I was like oh, I'm doing a thing.
3: I'm doing stuff. I'm I, making stuff. I, I'm doing a thing. Like this is a real thing
2: that I'm doing. I'm not just like flying by the seat of my pants and, and throwing, you know, chords together and, and trying to hope that I don't die when I'm in the recording studio of anxiety. Like, you know, now it's like on the other side of it, people are seeing it as like a real song. or a real musician of some kind of singer-songwriter. And so that was a really cool thing. So that motivated me to just, you know, keep pushing and and getting more stuff out there and trying not to hold myself back hmm. so that's how cool. that's how i met that one and then grant um was i just wanted to see i was kind of going a different direction musically with my originals and and uh he was recommended to me and i started working with him and um he's been amazing for me because he's been so open-minded to what it, like the broken freezer, like right. the, like anything. I have crows at the beginning of my other one and that were literally them. I was sitting in the graveyard going through this big life transition and I was trying to figure out, uh, you know, can you do it, Kels? Can you really like take this step that you need to take at that mm-hmm. time? And, and I'm, I'm hanging out there cause I, I live around there and they were just like, wah, 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 wah. and I'm like, what guys, I'm trying to think, <laughs> you know? And I recorded that on my phone cause I thought it was kind of like a, omnipotent sort of moment or something right. to just be in this graveyard and now these crows are screaming at you and you're going through major life change <laughs> and it kind of feels like life or death situation and here I am in a, you know surrounded by death right. <laughs> <laughs> so I captured that and I didn't really know what I was going to do with it but I sat with it in my phone and then yeah and when I you know several months later and I wrote this other song and I said yeah Grant I don't know what i'm gonna do for an intro with this song how about some crows you know and uh, and he's like yeah let's do it kels i think they're awesome so nice that's I, awesome. I love him for that he's been really good and josh Nadeau, who does um primarily the production on on my songs um up to this point he's a genius and so that's how i got hooked in with him and then mike sands the local guitar player who plays a lot of my uh, guitar and bass these days. Oh yeah. So Mike
3: Sands is awesome. Mm.
2: Yeah, he's a good dude. They, we actually uh, grew up just down the street from each other. Oh, did you? Nice. But we yeah. didn't know each other at the time. But yeah. Uh, yeah, his sister was my age. So yeah. Oh yeah,
1: nice.
4: Yeah.
2: So yeah, that's Very how cool. I got into all of it, and now I just kind of keep going.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned you mentioned your track uh, "Set You Free" mm-hmm. that was nominated for a People's Choice Music Award. Yeah. And then you had another song that you collaborated on with uh, Alice Quip- Yeah, Quip- Alice <laughs> Kuypers.
2: Yeah.
0: Alice Kuypers. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, Alice, if you're listening. i <laughs> your name. I okay.
4: Um,
0: so the one that you collaborated on with her, uh, Outside Looking In, was nominated also for Inspirational Song of the Year. Yes. Uh, so I was just curious uh, if you want to tell us. And everyone listening a little bit about what went into the writing of those tracks. And then just like the validation of having two originals like that nominated for, for an award, which must be just a crazy feeling. Pretty so cool,
2: I'm, man. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. Definitely. Like I was... Um, uh, you know, when it first happens, I usually have a meltdown inside because I don't really I'm like, oh my God, what, what does this mean? This is too, you know, like it doesn't mean real. nothing at all. Does it mean everything? you know, like if this these extremes and and yes, I black out for a bit and, and then, um but, uh, yeah, so the set you free, um that was a that was a huge emotional risk for me to put that one out because it i it, when I wrote it, I was in such a raw place um that uh I didn't I was scared to like again show that type of vulnerability Mm. and what I was going through when I wrote it was um um kind of analyzing my own um like I always do like my own uh behavior and my own brain and like what's going on and like um I wrote it from a space where I recognized that I had these um, patterns of behavior and these connections and things that, that were no longer working for me, that weren't serving me. Right. right. But I believed in them so strongly that for me to let go of them, to potentially like to have something better happen. Mm-hmm. Right. It really felt like mm-hmm. I was killing a piece of myself to, yep. to move forward. Right. And, and I have this tattoo that's quad me three me the street, which means like that, which nourishes me also destroys me. Mm and it was that space of like i have to really like kill something within in order to be nourished by potentially something else right and wow. <laughs> uh, so this is like i have to kill myself to set you free is like the same line but that's a that's mm. a big paradox to be stuck <laughs> in you know yeah, yeah. and and and, mm-hmm. uh, and so i wrote it like you know from that space and how painful it is to um to, yeah, to feel like you have to destroy a piece of you in order to grow. Um, so, yeah, hmm. that was a, that was an intense thing. And and I know that like if, because of my history with my own anxiety, depression and mental health and that kind of stuff, it was going to be difficult for the people who knew me to hear that kind of language, like mm-hmm. killing yourself and like that kind of stuff within that, because it would be interpreted from potentially this really depressive state, with, sure. yeah. you know, and oh, well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Screw it, yeah, guys. Yeah, that's not what it is. That, yeah. that's, but
2: but even if it was, and and I, there was a big piece of that. You know, it was it was kind of like, well, maybe I am just going to be really authentic with people. Like, say yeah. I have gone through these types of intense feelings, right. you know, and and mix those two experiences together, where I'm I'm actually trying to do something positive here, but it's not to say that. It, for me to have this awareness that i need to get there mm-hmm. i didn't go through some shit first
1: of course you yeah, know yeah. and
2: so that's where i was like let's just stop pretending that everyone just you know gets better by you know prancing around <laughs> doing wonderful <laughs> things and feels happy all the time <laughs> you know that's, that's ridiculous every like you feel something deep whether it's negative you know the beautiful thing about that is there is the exact opposite end of the spectrum if that's you true. can get there so feeling bad, feeling good, and the same ends of the extreme are pretty amazing. So I wanted to authentically embrace both sides.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. um, And that's what I was allowing myself to do uh, by putting out that kind of an intense song with that kind of like vulnerable lyrics and and kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. self-deprecating sort of stuff. But... Yeah. Hmm. That was, that was set you free. So it was cool that with all of that fear and all being exposed to that degree. And, you know, like I say, people close to me be like, Kelsey, come on. Like, this is, you don't really mean that do you, yeah, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it. yeah, I mean it. Yeah, I did. I, I meant it at the time and, and oh, well, Yeah, you know, uh, for it to be, have an award nomination was huge mm-hmm. because it meant that even when you're feel broken or self-destructive, you know, it's still a piece of you. So when you get to the other side of it, um, we don't have to be ashamed of it. You know? Yeah. Because because that's how, you know, a part of that is why where you're at now, which is potentially better. Mm -hmm. And now people are, are wanting to um, acknowledge you in an award way for it?
3: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: So so yay me for being messed up, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs>
3: it, being authentic. Is yeah, well,
2: authentic. But at some point, being messed up and then getting yeah. through it and like yeah. you know all that kind of stuff. And I think we're t- too often just terrified for people to see that we're struggling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why too many people are mm-hmm. are, are stuck with um, their shame when it comes to their mental health, as opposed to being willing to to um, get through it.
3: That's right.
2: Yeah. So yeah that was a long story about that one um and then outside looking in uh elise came to me she had written a poem and she uh has is hearing impaired and she got a guide dog and it changed her entire life um once she got this guide dog as far as like the freedom that she now had the safety that she felt in her community she could go for a walk she could do these things um and um yeah she said hey you know, do you think you could do something with this as far as making a song out of it? And then I'd really like to donate it to the Lions Foundation of Canada um, and then use it as like a fundraiser for them. And so I said, yeah, sure. (laughs) And so I sat down with it and I restructured some of her lyrics, took out some of the, you know, repetitive things and got a really strong chorus out of it and then just built it and then sent it to her and she said, I loved it. (laughs) Um, So like 90% of Hmm. of the, like all the lyrics and everything were like exactly what she sent me that day. I just kind of moved things around and took out a few... And then put the chords to it and then we um donated that to the Lions foundation and um, that was the one that was the inspirational song of the year nominee we didn't win but um for it to be she was she's not a musician she actually runs the inclusion foothills which is um a non-for-profit organization in high river that hooks families up with children who have um diverse needs with supports and Mm um, that kind of things and so that's her her business out there uh, so it was really cool for me who works with all of these guys. Um, I actually have worked as an interpreter in um, at Red Deer Lake School at one point with Deaf and Hard of Hearing. Mm-hmm. My friend in Okotoks here all through kindergarten to grade six was deaf. Uh, we were at Big Rock School oh, yeah. and so we all learned sign language. And so it That's was cool. so yeah. neat for it to like come full circle to be working with uh, mute. A kind of like ironic right like mm-hmm. working with music with deaf people you know, or like people who have hearing impaired, is that, is that not normal? yeah so we made sure that we made a lyric video yeah. <laughs> but how cool was it to find a way to merge those two worlds absolutely yeah. um i thought that was really mm-hmm. a, an honor that she asked me to be a part of it um because that's really close to home so yeah so that that was that song um and the creation of it when, and collaborating was just so cool
3: nice hmm. Uh I had a couple questions that came up where you were talking about your experience with set you free. Mm-hmm. Um well one was first a, a comment when you talked about experiencing your lows because uh you can experience the highs in the same kind of uh um, polarity. Polarity <laughs> or, or like a, a extremity I guess mm-hmm. like um, that's that's a pretty common thing too. Like what, one of the things that happens in today's world is a lot of people try to numb themselves, and what they don't realize is while they're numbing their pain, they're also numbing the joy, and mm-hmm. you end up just being zombie-like.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's been something that mm-hmm. I've been through, and I've I've been trying to to experience those lows so that I can experience the highs. And it, it's just uh, it's interesting to hear you say that because of course then it's just validating for for, for all that stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, but just for our listeners, like if you are trying to numb yourself, just remember that you're also killing the most joyous parts of life, right? Mm-hmm
2: yeah and it's i think the the biggest um t- technique or whatever like the biggest revelation in all of that when you are experiencing like a mood high and low or whatever is to recognize um and it takes a lot of work to yeah. do this like it's a lot of, of cognitive training and and d- and drive to like really understand yourself right mm-hmm. um but if you can get to a place where you recognize that your thoughts are not you You know, and there's a, there's a difference between what you think and who you are. And, and once Mm -hmm. you start separating what you think, who you are and how, or how you feel and what you should do, Mm -hmm. do not have to line up.
1: Right. right. You
2: can, you can feel like crap and, and decide because intellectually, you know, you know, you've been to doctors enough times, you, you know, that, um, if you feel like crap and you sit in a dark basement and, you know, dwell in your pain, you know, you, you're going to fuel whatever you put your energy towards. Right. Right. Yeah. So e- you can mm-hmm. feel like, um, you know, like crap and, and have this darkness within you and yet recognize, okay, I feel like this, but I can still have momentum somewhere else. So I'm going to walk. Right. I'm going to take my darkness with me and walk. Right. Fair because enough, yeah. you are, n- the way you feel is, is not you right right. all you know your thoughts are not you um if you can get to a space where taking your discomfort with you and accepting that that it's a piece of you but it's not the whole you so it Mm. doesn't have to drive your actions right because being stuck is what um fuels um the the self-loathing and and Mm. the disdain and and the the feeling like you're incompetent is is that stuck feeling so any movement in any direction
3: Gets you unstuck. Yeah. Gets gets you unstuck. Yeah. And
2: and it, it's not immediate relief of your of your feelings of being stuck or whatever. But at least you can slowly tell yourself, well, look, I'm not physically stuck because I'm moving this way.
1: Right. Right. And then
2: eventually your brain starts saying, oh, look, maybe I'm not stuck because look, I'm, I've got I'm these moving. two steps in front of me. And yeah. I mean, I, that comes from a place where I've been that person for many, mm. many a times and like literally clawed my way out of a house Mm -hmm. and, and said, it's time to walk. Mm. It's time. Just, just go, just do it, just do it and see what happens, you know? And, and yeah. So separating how you feel from your behavior. I mean, that's the, that's the key to everything.
3: Hmm. That's yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Thanks for diving into that. Uh, the other one that caught my attention when you were talking about set you free was uh, killing a part of yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so a lot of people struggle with paradigms that they were given as children and as they were raised up. And and uh, um, I definitely don't think that's a unique experience. However, a lot of people do struggle to get rid of those paradigms or kill a part of themselves or feel like it would change them. And, and again, me, me included. But what does it look like to kill a part of yourself? Like what kind of steps did you take? in doing that? <laughs> um, <clears throat> well,
2: I did a lot of um, <laughs> listening to a lot of Alan Watts and a lot of philosophy and a lot of Deepak Chopra. So tons of, um, uh, you know, podcasts and and stuff that I could connect to and just have that playing in the background, right? Like, yeah. like that's why I like uh, audiobooks and things like that. Having those playing in the background. Um, really recognizing that if I'm self-tormenting or like with... The way that i treat my body because my brain isn't um feeling good right mm-hmm. so if i'm treating my body like the one thing that i can control is how i treat my body right right so i was like okay well my brain's off track but i can decide what i put in my body right yeah, like yeah. i can decide mm-hmm. if i'm gonna eat, drink alcohol all day or eat um, food that's on un- that's not nurturing or like whatever so it started with deciding that I was going to change the one thing that I knew I could control, which was the act of how I was, um, dealing with myself physically. Right. Um, and it was just like little by little, I, I started going to the gym. I, ha- I was 60 pounds heavier than I am now back then. Um, and I, at the gym, I told the, I started paying the personal trainer. I was mm-hmm. like, I just need the guilt to get here. Mm-hmm. If you actually tell me what to do when I get here, I'll leave because i'm so anxious about being here yeah. but i'll get here and do something which is better than nothing yeah if i'm paying mm-hmm. you because you're now my coach yeah. even though just don't <laughs> tell me anything when i you know yeah. and it started off as like that baby step of just like getting in the door and being like, okay that's good enough it's still better than nothing and mm-hmm. then what's the next step oh well this is boring um maybe i'll sit on a bike right. you know and then maybe i'll turn the bike on and then I, you know and it was like these just this determination To meet yourself where you're at and then push yourself slightly. And that's how I I Hmm. teach parents with the kids the same thing. Meet them where they're at. Build up the security within the environment and the safety within themselves that they're good enough right here. And then Mm -hmm. good enough gets boring. So then the challenge, then then they're looking for that next thing as opposed to like, going too far first if you get the if I had the personal trainer on the first day it was like come on Kelsey (laughs) let's do it like next 50 more push-ups and I'm you know dying after half of one right (laughs) whatever it is because they're trying to get the results quicker yeah well now I don't trust this person gets me and nobody wants to take advice from somebody who doesn't understand them right um so right that's where that's where it started with me was yeah starting to look after myself physically and I remember the day that I could um experientially listen to music instead of just listen to music
3: oh yeah right where yeah. like
2: like i was so locked down and i was so um like like numbed mm-hmm. for so for such a long time that i didn't even realize that when i was listening to music it was just an external thing right right it was like oh i know this song there's a little bit of nostalgia but you know other than that it's just it's just a song. And then I was like, the day that the music went into the soul yeah. and flowed through and out, I was like, oh, this. This is music, yeah. This is the thing that I remember that's so amazing about music. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. what I want all the time, not just from music, but from life. Yeah. And so that's where I started like, really being determined to like, okay, what else do you need to do to just destroy those pieces that are no longer serving you, that are making you miss out on the high of mm-hmm. life. Right. Um. And and really oh. like, just, you know, being so determined now that I've seen the the light, <laughs> to, <laughs> to to hold on to it. Um. And then the next step is obviously to be able to jump from the darkness and uh, to the light back and forth. Right. Um, but that's a whole another level of philosophy and whatever else. But, um, that's <laughs> mm-hmm. that's the key to to not getting numb because you feel overwhelmed by one extreme or the other is to be able to realm jump between the two.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> It's too much of this. I got to go to the high. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the opposite too. Like then you get
2: high and then you're like, whoa, there's like I got too much on my plate now. I'm, I'm way up here and I'm just thriving for success. And and then now I'm overwhelmed. And then you shut down as well. So it's like having that ability to, to go between the two is the key. Nice.
0: Hmm. That was, that's really interesting and really insightful. So thank you for (laughs) sharing all that. That's very interesting to hear. You're welcome. So let's transition then into your work with children and severe behavioral needs and first off i just want to commend you for (laughs) working in in that field um because i have a i have a mother-in-law and a sister-in-law that have both worked with like special needs children and so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i've heard i've heard some stories and so i know that the (laughs) i know a little bit about how tough that can be and and how it just takes like a really special person and a lot of patience and and skill to to work in a field like that and work with children <laughs> like that. Uh-huh. And so what what was it that led you into working with children in that in that aspect?
2: Um well, I mean it started from I've always been, like I said, like really uh, empathic and really intuitive. I didn't know that's what was going on with me. I have the words for it now in the last year and a half. <laughs> but prior to that, I didn't know, but I could just feel people.
3: Why do I know things about you? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: I could feel people yeah. like, mm-hmm. like I say, like experientially.
3: Um,
2: it doesn't matter what they said on the on the outside. Like I knew what was going on on the inside. Mm-hmm. And I knew this from a, from a young age. Uh, I just didn't understand it. And um, so I was always really driven, uh, to, you know, I was, a I babysat a lot of kids growing up and things like that. And I was good at that. And, and same with animals. I always worked with lots of animals. Um, I could deal with, um, I, I deal with lots of reptiles and things like biting, you know, I'd have these giant biting snakes and I'm like, Oh, well guys, it's mm-hmm. not going to kill you. And like, I just, like, I wasn't scared of them because, uh, I don't know. I could just feel that it was like a fear-based behavior from mm. this, from these, even these animals and stuff. And if I just counter like projected the opposite. Um, suddenly I had these, you know, horses or reptiles or like whatever that weren't biting anymore. It weren't throwing you off or like whatever it happened to be. Right. And, uh, and so then, yeah, I got out of high school, just barely graduated. Uh, and there needed this, there was this job available and my mom's like, well, girls, why don't you try and get this EA position? and uh like right yeah like kills you you're such an academic you should go work in a school and uh (laughs) but the guy was uh they said look you know we're not even gonna interview you you come in if you can keep hmm. him in the classroom for two minutes a day uh you've achieved something wow and i and um you know Hmm. that was i needed money (laughs) (laughs) i was i was 18 and and uh I loved that kid so hard from, like, the moment I saw him because I could feel how misunderstood he was. Right. And we're we're talking, like, multiple diagnoses. Like, I can't, you know, say there's, like, all this confidentiality stuff mm-hmm. or whatever. But um, really, really misunderstood. And going from a situation where they don't even interview you because nobody's been able to, you know work with him for more than a day right and mm-hmm. I I stuck out the year with the guy I had him speaking in a couple of months I had I just knew what he needed and he needed somebody who could see past the you know chair throwing the hitting the punching mm. the the um self-injury the, the the inability to tell you how what he needed all that kind of stuff so um yeah we we uh, we got close, and uh, and he had a lot of success right away. And then I went off to Edmonton and uh, went to school there for a little bit. Took some courses. I'm not, I'm still not good in school. I'm great. <laughs> I'm great. I'm great at teaching in school. It's a great fun, But I'm really bad at attending school myself. <laughs> 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 um, so I lasted only a year. But I got some psychology under there. So I like. Um, I do a lot of courses now, like weekend retreats and um, online stuff. Is is kind of my thing for upgrading my my knowledge. But that's how I originally got into it. Uh, And then I worked in uh, 10 different schools in 10 years uh, because I found that hmm. I, they would give me the most severe children um, that were in the the system. Um, And then suddenly there would be a ton of progress (laughs) and, and the system's not built for the, for these guys to support them. Um, So now what do we do? right? Uh, And I couldn't handle it. And I didn't, I couldn't just like keep hitting these roadblocks because it's too heartbreaking for me. So I realized I'm like, okay, if I coach the parents instead of work so much one-on-one with the kid, then the parents know what to do. Uh, and then that's has more longevity than just like, you yeah, know, it filtering. Legacy. Yeah, yeah. Well, filtering mm-hmm. at the, at the school level, because if the parents don't know, then the kids go home and like, it's kind of undone what, what you've done, mm-hmm. the progress that you've made, because only like a very small percentage of the people that are in this world know how to work with them effectively. Right. So now I coach the parents um, and then I'm, they can advocate so much better for those kids um, right off the bat. If the school's not working, well, they know and they mm-hmm. can say, look, it's not working. Do this, this, and this. Instead of the teachers who are completely overwhelmed with the way that the system is um, trying to now go back to school in, you know, quotations Mm -hmm. for this one specific child, it's too, it's just, it's not feasible. Hmm. So that's why I transitioned into working with parents.
3: Gotcha. Is that, is that coaching like typically received well?
2: Uh, well, yes. I mean, by the time they get to me, they're yeah. usually, um, in survival mode.
3: Oh, okay. And
2: so, <laughs> so anything, so anything, like <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's getting better now though, where I'm finding people are creating, they're having more self-awareness. So they're coming to me sooner,
1: right. which is nice. so much
2: easier. And I, I said this to a couple of clients the other day, um, that it, the difference between going to the gym when you need to lose, you know, 200 pounds or 10 pounds, right? Your, your progress is going to, you're going to see that you don't have that far to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's the same with like your kids, like the way that you need to restructure how you're working with your child in order to get on track. So there's not so much, um, disconnect, which is what I, what I promote is mostly connection, mm-hmm. connection over correction is my thing.
3: Oh, nice.
2: Yeah. Um, and so when there's a ton of disconnect, uh, that, that connection gets further and further apart, the longer that, you know, you've, you've been disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I do find that just, especially since the pandemic people are, because they've been together in this tight knit space for a while now that they're like, wow, okay, we got some stuff to work on. (laughs) And that, that's really encouraging to see because yeah, then, then it takes less work and you can help more people um, because you're not having to focus so hard on just, you know, each person.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So yeah. So the fact that it's, uh, that they're ready for the coaching means that you're not even having to do much influence really. Like you're just kind of like there to, shed some light on the situation really yeah Yeah.
2: well and it's like the way that i come the way that i approach it is always finding the center point between everyone i'm not going to go in there and judge you shame you make you feel like you've done anything wrong it's the Mm -hmm. same thing i'm going to tell you you tell me what's working Mm
4: -hmm. let's
1: start
2: with what's working Mm -hmm. yeah and then when you're ready because you've built confidence instead of or they've lost all their confidence that's why i'm there right right when you when you recognize that that you can do this already then we challenge at that point. Okay, now you're already doing all these things, right? Mm-hmm. So here's an extra weight, you know, like <laughs> now, now up your game a bit, right? And yeah. then they're like, oh, well, we can handle that. If you come in and you just like say, oh, like, you know, look at all of this stuff that's just, you know, completely going wrong in your home. Well, then they're overwhelmed and they shut down. They don't want to hear you. Right. You're like, you guys are awesome. Like, <laughs> look how awesome you are. Look at all these things that are working mm-hmm. that you've just forgot about.
3: Yeah. And then you remind mm-hmm.
2: them of what they're working and then they're empowered to, to do the challenging stuff
3: right on the the constructive criticism the, what's it called the something positive rain. No, oh. no i'm thinking there's there's a management technique it's called a, a Compliment a sandwich or something where you're like, you're like you're doing really well, but you can improve this. But this also, the other thing is doing really well. It's just like it's right out of like management books, but it's it's just a good way to empower people, like you say, right? So sandwich is great is if you just add some comp- mayo, you, even better. <laughs> 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 exactly, compliment sandwich. Yeah, thank you, Adam. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any situations where your clients, whether their parents or whether the the kids themselves? Um, has taught you something about yourself or your own life?
2: Yeah, I think every single one I've ever worked with. I mean, I, primarily the biggest thing in life that we have the least amount of awareness of is self-regulation. Mm. Recognizing mm-hmm. that you are responsible for how you feel. Um, and if you can figure out what you need and meet your own needs, right, then it doesn't matter what's happening around you. Mm-hmm. You're not getting triggered, uh, and therefore, um, you can maintain a level of inner peace, Right. but if you're trying to control your external world in order to make your inner world good, you're screwed because you have no control over the external.
1: It's true. Yep. Ever.
2: Even when you like, you can try, but, <laughs> but the second you try, you know, it might work like momentarily. Uh, but then they're in a separate entity from you. So then they're, they're just going to do what they want <laughs> and then that might trigger you again. Uh, and so really when you're in those, you know, like I say, with really aggressive, clients and parents that they, you know, they are resistant, uh, cause they think that what you're doing, they're afraid that, um, the kid's going to walk all over them if they start doing it this way. Right. They, little do they know they've been walking all over them the whole time. That's why they're here. <laughs> it's yeah. just in a different way, you know, but nonetheless, that like fear-based stuff. Uh, and I have to just sit in um my discomfort like you know some kid walk up i've had kids just walk up and headbutt you in the face right right and you, <clears throat> well Jeez. then yeah
3: thank you for that uh
2: yes i mm. am awake thank you you know
3: uh i <laughs> was feeling
2: i was high. feeling sleepy <laughs> and i am not anymore yeah. uh, a little bit harder i might be real real sleepy but <laughs> where we're at right now this is a good in between my friend you know and like being able to like here you are like yeah like essentially like attacked mm-hmm. or like an external thing is affecting you and to be able to have enough ability to recognize um, that I'm responsible for how I interpret that interaction, mm-hmm. right? And that's, that's what all of this has taught me, is that as long as I recognize that no matter what's happening on the outside, um, I can uh, embrace whatever perspective I want in that moment, um, that's going to be what uh, makes me thrive in this moment or, right. or, or not. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and that's what they're always teaching me is they're challenging me with what's the next thing that, that they could trigger you on or make you upset about and And it's still on you, Kelsey. <laughs> so too bad. <laughs>
3: oh, I'm sure that the list is literally endless. <laughs> yeah.
2: And it's so applicable to like every, everywhere in life. Right? Yeah. Like whatever you do, somebody cuts you off yeah. in traffic. How are you going to do that? Are you a victim? Mm. Yeah. Or are you just, yes. just like, yeah, right. Yes. No. Yes. I am a victim. <laughs> right. Or am I, uh, am I somebody that says like, oh yeah, you just cut me off. Good thing I'm such a damn good driver. Yeah. You
3: know, or he must have somewhere really important. To go yeah, or, yeah.
2: Yeah. Right. Or yeah. like whatever it is, you, you'd spin it. Yeah. And then it gets mm-hmm. you out of victim mode. Um, and, uh, doesn't everybody want to not be in victim mode? <laughs>
3: you'd think so, but there's <laughs> lots of people that well, seem to love you're, it. <laughs> you're, dis- you're just,
2: sometimes your you know, discomfort becomes your comfort and that's yeah. a whole nother game.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I was going to say some people really need to learn to adapt this way of thinking. hmm. Well, there's a good our book. world would be a very different place. Mm-hmm. It would
3: be,
2: it's a lot more compassion. And, um, with all the divide that we have mm-hmm. right now, that's everybody in, in fear based that's right, you know, functioning. Um,
3: totally. There is a, a book that changed my mindset on that, uh, called Mindset. I can't remember who it's by, but it's basically changing from the uh, victim mindset into the um, growth mindset. So you're constantly looking to grow, you're constantly looking to take control of your inner self, and like mm-hmm. that, that helped me. Well, several years ago, I read that, and that's kind of the first time I'd heard that uh, you get to choose whether you're a victim or not.
2: (laughs) Do you want to know how to never be a victim again? Mm. Never, no matter what? Yeah. Sure. Do not transaction people. You have interactions and you have transactions. Okay. Okay. If you uh, approach any situation as an interaction, which means I'm just here to connect. Yeah. Right. I'm just, and, and, and if mm-hmm. I don't connect, that's okay. Cause right. it's just an interaction. I like, I wave to that person. They don't worry about I don't care. It's just mm-hmm. an, it's just an interaction or not. Right. As soon as you start treating life as transactions, especially unspoken ones,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right. Then you could have the potential to be a victim of that, of that situation. Right. So, um, I sat down here and uh, you handed oh. me a cup of coffee, but there was nothing in it.
4: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well that was, uh, that, that was a transaction that or
2: that I expected there to be coffee in there, right, right? and then I look at this and I mm. go, why didn't he put coffee in it? like does he not like me yeah right, right. what' I, I expected that if that was there that what that meaning now to me is you know you spiral yeah right yeah. well, all these meanings, but if if I don't care either way, you said can would you like a coffee and I said yes, but either way, this, it's my responsibility to fill my own cup <laughs> you know yeah. then yeah. if you yeah. hand me an empty yeah. cup, I go. Oh, great. Well, now I can go fill it. Where's the coffee? (laughs) Yeah. And and, um, we get caught in that transaction constantly. And we think that um, too often we are doing things. and we call it love,
3: mm-hmm. right?
2: And we say, "Oh, my, I always get my heart broken because I come from the, I, I'm this loving space, and I, I'm, and every time I'm a loving person, somebody takes advantage of it." Right? Right? It's BS. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what you're
2: doing is you're you are coming from a place where you are doing things for love. Yeah. Instead of from love.
3: That's right. If yep. your
2: cup is full. Mm-hmm. You give genuinely, mm-hmm. there's no transaction. Because I'm good. yeah I don't care, you know, if um uh, because this cup is ever full, like I can share my coffee with you because it's never it's never, never empty. empty yeah, yeah, Right. Um, but if I if if I'm doing things for love, right, then I'm saying, Well, I'm I'm gonna share my coffee with you mm-hmm. because I want you to like me. Yeah. I wanna have this connection with
4: you. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: And if you think my coffee's gross, mm-hmm. well you're you're rude. <laughs> you're rude because I made you this and you don't even like it.
1: Yeah. You know, and that's how
2: we get offended and blah, blah, blah. Sure.
1: Yeah. So
2: the point is, is do things and really recognize if you're doing them from love or for love. Because mm-hmm. if you do them from love, you'll never be a victim again. Yep. Because you can choose out whenever you can always say no.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right? Say
2: no. Don't, if you're going to transaction somebody, don't do it. Mm-hmm. And then you won't be a victim because hmm. you're you've not expecting it. Any, yeah, yeah. You've never lost anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So have interactions, not transactions and do things. From love, not for love, and you'll never be a victim again.
3: Nice, yeah, I, I like those. The other way I've heard that said is uh, like that. A, approach relationships with observations, not expectations. Mm-hmm. Right. So that mm-hmm. way, same same kind of thing, right? You're yeah. not expecting something in return. You're just observing actions yeah. among other people. And, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Observations are great for your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> if you observe them instead of judge yeah. them. Yeah. Um, again, then you're not a victim of them. You're you're just seeing them as something that's passing by that that you can. Um, you know check out
3: mm-hmm. yeah exactly
0: hmm. very interesting well we found our new tagline the adam and kyle podcast we do it from love
1: <laughs> yes beauty <laughs>
0: there we go <laughs> i love it uh, okay so <laughs> <laughs> that, that made me really happy so when you said gonna- that. <laughs> 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 like it's
1: like oh that's, that's
2: the best line ever <laughs>
0: It is a very nice line. It and makes, everyone makes should, be feel should all warm say that inside. on
2: their introductions.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Well, Kelsey, maybe you've changed things for us. Oh, good. <laughs> maybe we'll adopt that, that way of thinking. Do it. As everyone should. As, yeah.
2: right? We spread that yeah. message. Everyone, there won't be people that are offended and we won't have like, oh, it's just like, that's all yeah. you need to do, man. Do right. self-aware?
3: Oops. It could stop the social media train that's happening yeah. right now. <laughs> don't say
2: yes if you don't mean it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because then it's a transaction. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then it's guilt mm-hmm. and the shame attached to it, which isn't real. And nobody wants love that isn't genuine. No, that's I not. love you because I'm supposed to, not because yeah. I do. That's right. <laughs> and when I say I love
3: you, I expect right. you to say it back. And yeah, yeah, yeah it's right? All it's, and it's all just, yeah. just a mess. We just got to get rid <laughs> of all
2: of that and start from the self first. And if your cup is yeah. not full then don't offer some of your coffee to somebody else because you're going to be resenting them no matter what.
0: Yeah. Mhm. That's stuff I wish I learned when I was back when I was a teenager. Totally.
2: That's why we have to teach the teenagers this. Yeah,
0: we have to teach the kids. <laughs> yeah. Teach everyone this. Exactly. Definitely. Okay, so I think we will take a little ad break here. Um, cuz then we're going to transition into talking about your new music project alice awake cool because i think there's some really cool stuff in there and it's a very interesting (laughs) when you first told me about kind of the idea behind the the project i was like this sounds fascinating Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) so
0: (laughs) we're gonna take a little break we're gonna dive into that and we will uh see you after this
2: cool sounds good thanks guys
3: and Kyle podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Song Productions. Phoenix Song Productions is an AV system provider and integrator specializing in live sound production and recording. Phoenix Song Productions also offers technical consultations, permanent installations, and rentals. Phoenix Song's newest offerings include live streaming consultations, on-site audio and video recording, as well as technical and creative education check our website at www.phoenixsongproductions.com for the next education or entertainment event. Follow us on social media. Check the show notes below for links to our website and all of our social pages.
0: Okay, we are back. We are sitting here with Kelsey Rain of Kelsey Rain Music and of the new musical project Alice Awake. Mm-hmm. So, we wanted to uh, dive into kind of your latest music project because, yeah, when you were telling us a little bit about it, it was just—I feel like there's a lot there—and so let's jump down the rabbit hole, so yeah. to speak, <laughs> and and chat about this. Uh, what was the, you touched a little bit about this at the very beginning of the episode, but what was a lot of the inspiration kind of behind this project? Cause you mentioned that like, it's full of like Alice in Wonderland metaphors, but also some of the lyrical content is based on your like observations of like human behavior and spirituality. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted you to uh, speak a little bit more about about that and kind of how that all came to be
2: um okay well I started um like the, the whole Alice in Wonderland theme came up because I was writing i I used to write poems a lot when I was younger and then I kind of mm-hmm. completely lost track of that in the last 10 years or whatever or more and uh when I was going through this all this transition with like personal awareness and and growth in the last couple of years um and sort of like an awakening as as you would mm-hmm. might call it Um, I recognized that I started writing again. And when I was writing this theme kept coming up, this, like the way that I could explain the things that I was feeling or, or this, the journey that I was going on with, um, self-reflection, uh, a lot of it had this Alice in Wonderland theme behind it. And I'd written maybe like, you know, a hundred and something little kind of quotes or whatever that I was just
1: Hmm.
2: working through my stuff on. And I'm like, oh, look, yeah, weird. There's like all these similar themes and about, you know, 10 of them or 20 of them or whatever it was. And so that's how um, the, the idea for doing something Alice in Wonderland related it was because I was already doing it just subconsciously when I was just sorting through my stuff as a way to explain what I was mm-hmm. going through. Um, and then um, so I, I, compi- I started compiling them for uh, the song. And then on top of that, as I was putting them together, I noticed that... Uh, I was pulling, okay, like, well, let me think of the actual Alice in Wonderland movie and the book and that kind of stuff. And how does that tie into the, my new observations of, um, you know, the, the world and and the state that it's in, and also what I've done with the work that I've, uh, with kids and whatever. So, um, that's kind of how it, it started creating this theme. And then it was really Mm -hmm. great because the metaphors in it, um, the, I would, I would put one in there and then I realized how deep, each metaphor, how many different things that that related to. So like, for example, it says, um, the mouse that seeks the jam that only temporarily meets its its needs. Um, And so uh, in the movie, there's the, if you remember the Mad Hatter party, uh, there's the mouse that has all the anxiety, mm. right? And so I'm like, ooh, I know about mm-hmm. this. Right? <laughs> and and uh, when he, he gets anxiety over the cat, when they mention the cat, and he's running around and he's freaking out and they slap jam on his nose and it like calms him down, Great. right? <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and to me, you know, the jam was almost like the uh, the antidepressant or something, like mm-hmm. you know, like like the, the anti anxiety medication, and so he puts the jam. You know, the the jam that his, the mouse that seeks the jam that only temporarily meets its needs. Well, mm-hmm. because, uh, yeah, it's great to have an anti anti anxiety medication, but if you're not working outside of that on on yourself as well it's not gonna fix the problem mm-hmm. it's a band-aid right That's he right. he never got over right. his fear of cats in the thing no. he just got calmed down enough that they wasn't crashing the whole party mm-hmm. right and so um there was that side of just that one little metaphor and then on top of that I used it because jam when you jam with music you call it a jam yeah. right <laughs> yeah. and so when mm-hmm. I was talking earlier about music being therapeutic <laughs> right and uh, so many times you know uh, I'm going to seek this music or I'm going to, I'm going to jam some songs. And then I feel temporarily better Mm -hmm. um, than, than what I did before. And so like, just, there's so many layers to each little line like that, um, that I got, I was just really excited. Like the more I grasped from either um, the real world or the Alice in Wonderland world, the Mm -hmm. more that I realized that they are all intertwined and. And it's really cool. Uh, so that mm. that's how that, that sort of it kept unfolding um, for me, which was which was cool. And then now that uh, I've always had a hard time like finding a, a brand, like people have said, oh, you got a brand, right? Mm-hmm. Like Kelsey Ring brand. But I'm like, but then that means I have to choose a genre, right? Like I don't, yeah. or I have to choose a, a style or like whatever. And I want to make whatever mm-hmm. feels like I should make, not
1: mm-hmm.
2: harness it into this one direction. Well, I thought, well, God, if I do Awesome Wonderland, I can do anything still. But now, <laughs> now it has a, an umbrella right. that people can understand why it's random right where you know whereas before mm-hmm. there was there was no real way of of summing it mm-hmm. into um a space that made sense so uh yeah that's why i really loved it when i when i latched onto there because i'm like it into i can put my philosophy i have a spoken word coming out um pretty soon here under the alice wake project that is all referencing like going down the rabbit hole but then uncovering like right. what you've observed in other in in other people um But explaining it, like going down the rabbit hole, Mm -hmm. um, which is, Hmm. which is a really cool journey to, to take, who doesn't, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Definitely. Yeah. So uh, I'm really excited about it because I found some kind of brand, but it doesn't feel like it's holding me back from being Mm -hmm. weird (laughs) (laughs) and being inconsistent and and embracing whatever creativity comes up. So
3: cool. Are you transitioning all of Kelsey Rain music to that project then?
2: no i'm gonna just i'm gonna keep them separate because i do like rock and roll still right right? i do like like you know i still have the darkness i still have that thing uh um i just uh um kelsey rain can be you know what it is like i'm gonna put that song with cody that that country folk song over there okay and do that um i'm just gonna uh like i was in the dark arts have you been to that new venue oh it's the best you have to go there where is it um, it's on seventh. It's the grand, the grand, Yeah. like it's in that space. Okay. Um, and it's like this, the, this multi-layer bar and they, they have, um, like Cirque du Soleil people in there. They really? have like a, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, so I was talking to the bookings manager and he's like, Kels, go in there and, and check it out so that you have to, so that you, you know, can present us with some kind of a show. Cause you're not going to be on stage. Like you think, you like know, like you think you're going like to be. You you're gonna be, and people are going to be watching you. <laughs> huh. Uh, and, um, so that place with these multi layers and there's no real like main focus area for an artist to be mm-hmm. is perfect for like my Alice in Wonderland stuff. I was in there. Right. Like, oh, okay. How do I get like, you know, circus freaks like weaving in and out of the crowd <laughs> with these dancers and and like <laughs> and like wearing some kind of like costumes and like you know that
3: kind of thing. And so Alice just yeah. that's
2: her that's her space.
3: And it's called Dark Arts, the venue. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay,
1: cool.
2: Yeah, so I got to present like something to them so cool. i'm not playing there yet or anything but no. you got to check it out because it's, it's my new favorite place sounds cool
1: yeah. yeah
2: they had the philharmonic orchestra people in there some guy last time was playing this amazing electric violin that was all led lights and he was just like <laughs> weaving in and out of it was so cool huh.
0: yeah huh. that sounds fascinating yeah uh did the band is there a, did you put together like a band for this alice awake project or is it like how did you do all the <laughs> okay. all the, like the backing instruments and stuff like that? <laughs>
2: it's a lot of loops. Um, it is like okay. li- me just playing with um with loops and sounds. and nice. so um i yeah, I had this uh, this piano that uh, my buddy Aaron Asher had lent me, and it had like a little sample pad on it. Uh, Uh of, of different loops. And so I took sections of the, of that Mm -hmm. and I layered them in. And then I kept going back into Grant, my, my producer. And then he's like, well, what about something on, on synth? I'm like, I don't know how to use it. What is this? And I just literally was like better, 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 And I'm just like pushing weird things. And then we're like, well, that's kind of cool. And I'm like, sweet. Let's, let's, let's insert that. So it was just super, like, I couldn't remake it. Like if I, if I tried because everything that I was doing, I was just like, putting it in there in the moment and and trying to not get too hung up on the structure and and just seeing, okay, what sounds cool? What can we find? What, what tells the, keeps the pace. I really, my focus was keeping that pace because I had the music video in mind of how people would be marching really robotically to this, this backbeat. Um, And yeah, Mm -hmm. it was just pulling uh, that uh, what, what that's in there, (laughs) right? That was a really long loop of like some vocal uh, samples, but I just took like the one little, what? What yeah. <laughs> thing? And I just put it in there, like, timed it by pushing the button really quickly.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, yeah, so it, huh. it was just like, I, it was cool because I convert it to like a canvas. Like, if you were painting something and you had all this,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: random uh, materials and, and paint colors and having really no plan of what this end product was going to be, but you'll know when it's done. Right. Right. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what it was. I'm like, let's just, what are we throwing here? Oh yeah. Yellow. How, how about some chicken wire? Like, how about some, <laughs> you know, like what else can we throw on this, on this canvas and see what happens? And yeah. And then when it hmm. was done, I just knew it was done. I was like, oh, okay. It's done. That's it. I, yeah. I don't know why, but that that's, 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 that's it. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> so that was really, really, really fun uh, for that reason of, of just not really having a plan and just trusting yeah. that that you'll figure it out along the way. Yeah, nice. And I try to live life like that completely.
0: That's fascinating knowing that because there's a lot of like sound like you were saying a lot of sounds and like textures in that song.
2: There's tons because I kept throwing <laughs> yeah, in another that's... thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it all works. Like it all fits. We even got. It's the... all kind of like very like proggy to me. I'm like a huge. If you listen to the show, you know I'm like a huge like Prague prog music prog rock Mm -hmm. fan so it kind of feels like there's some influence there is there any sort of like influence from like progressive bands are in there is it just like a hodgepodge of whatever's coming to your mind yeah
2: i'd like to say there was but but yeah most of the people that have like really dug it are people like the europeans they're like oh this sounds like what's in the clubs in hungary yeah and i'm like cool i had no idea never been been, no idea um even mm. the vibra slap cool. that's in there we you know there was just we're listening to it again for the hundredth millionth time and i was like it needs the purr thing yeah. <laughs> and they're like what's that Kelsey? So i'm like i don't know the purr thing yeah <laughs> yeah and they're like oh, and, we're, and grant's like well uh, how are we gonna tell josh Ooh, look you know he's a yeah. work with, um i'm like i don't know like, look up a, look up, uh, you know, tongue rolling sound, like what, and then we finally got it on rattlesnake on YouTube. We're oh, like nice. a rattlesnake sound. And then we were able to figure hmm. out, ah, that's called a, that's the Vibra That's how I you do it. I didn't know that it. was
3: called a vibraslap. Yeah, I know so it sounds dirty, but it's not. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's how we, again, mm-hmm.
2: we just, this journey of in the moment, the pr becomes what needs to happen here. What's, yeah. what is that Kels?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then we found out what it was and then we, we got her in there. So, yeah, everything was just random and awesome for that reason.
0: Cool. Is there more then to this this project? Like what's what's after you just released this new single?
2: Yeah, and then I have the spoken word that's um, that's done. Uh, I'm just kind of waiting for the right time. I don't know. Yeah. Again, no plan because <laughs> I'll just feel it and that'll be the right time. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I have another one um slow down which i've played a lot live just piano and um and singing um Mm -hmm. but i the way that i produced it was like this real like um latin influence almost like flamenco argentine tango sort of thing there's a um what do you call it oh my god accordion there's an accordion in it uh there's some uh, some cello in it and that kind of stuff but it's this really upbeat weird thing that you've never heard before. Right. <laughs> uh mm-hmm. that's an acknowledgement of like time and like that uh, you know, we try to make decisions, uh, you know, when we're under this pressure of time or like in the in mm-hmm. panic mode that maybe that's not the best time to start getting into these extremes and deciding what we should do with our life. We should slow down. Mm-hmm. And then from that headspace mm-hmm. see what you need to do. You know? Um and that comes from like, you know, the rabbit running around. Oh, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, mm-hmm. late <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's that's done too. Again, I just, uh, I don't know. I just kind of feel things until it says go time. And cool. the, so just waiting on that one. And then I'd love to get back in uh, studio or find somewhere I can borrow somebody's sample pads again and get just like crazy creative and see mm-hmm. what happens. Very cool. Yeah. So lots of stuff on the go, but can't tell you when.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Soon <laughs> enough. Stay tuned. <laughs> So uh, you've been in the music industry now for, I guess it sounds like, ten years ish, twelve years.
2: Um, well, the music industry for three. Oh, okay. <laughs> like I mean, I've been playing, <laughs>
3: playing for, I've
2: been playing random shows and stuff um, since I was about twenty four. Okay. Um, you know, covers and and whatever else. Uh, but yeah, I put out my first like we was like, okay, I'm gonna do this as a thing. Right. Um, since 2018 when I released my first
3: single. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, hmm. from uh, your perspective, like how is it going? Gaining followers and gaining traction, or like I'm terrible at that. <laughs> it's, terrible. it's a really hard thing to do.
2: <laughs> well, and I, it's also like the thing that I know I'm supposed to focus on the most, and and, and I don't. Right. So.
3: But if it's not hmm. important, do them. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, <laughs> I mean,
2: I. It, like it should be it, at the very beginning, it felt like it was really important, mm-hmm. right? Like when I, I was like, I would put a, a video of me singing on Facebook and I would see that it would be like, have, you know, a hundred views or something right away or something. And then there'd be like two likes on it. And I was like, oh my God, it's terrible. All these people watched it and only two people liked it. I must right. be a horrible singer. And then I was like deleting these videos and like using that as a gauge for the right. well, the quality of of what I was making based on the reception I was getting, uh, you yeah. know, and the engagement I was getting. And then I realized that that's never going to make me happy. Like, well, look at all these musicians that like make it to the top and then still off themselves at the end of it. Cause they didn't figure out how to be happy along the way. Right. So, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: so my focus is just figure out how to be happy along the way. Gotcha, and for okay. me being happy along the way means not putting At this time a whole lot of energy into how many followers do i have Mm -hmm. putting my money into the ads that kind of stuff i I don't have a lot of money i put money into making the music right because that's what makes me happy yeah that you know it's the creative side of it the the getting the stuff that's in my brain to completion out into the world so i can have more space in there
1: Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm.
2: it's not just files of projects stacking on top of each other that, that never come to fruition so that's my focus Mm -hmm. um uh and i and also just like yeah being comfortable with the self and putting yourself out there all the time that's a Mm -hmm. huge journey in itself is that authenticity piece and i think once all of that's amalgamated the followers will come because they'll Mm -hmm. feel that i'm confident with who i am and you know and Mm -hmm. i and and then and so that's i think that's the plan is just Mm -hmm. working from the inside out and seeing what happens
3: Hmm. No, it's, uh, it, it's nice that the music has come so naturally to you while keeping a day job because I think the hardest thing for people is is the money side. One, for production because it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. And uh, two, the fact that you are on Spotify and Apple Music, like I understand that that does cost you money, right? Mm-hmm. So to not have followers and get that money back, um, not allowing that to become your focus, uh, it's kind of a blessing that you do have work that fulfills you outside of music mm-hmm. uh, to, to support that. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's... It's just, yeah, where, where you, the little bit that you make, you know, you put it into the things that you love and, and then that grows. Right. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. cause that's more fulfilling anyway. I downsized mm-hmm. my, like I had a house and I had all this things and I've downsized to this like basement suite and I'm so much happier mm-hmm. because less housework. Mm-hmm. So the work that I was normally doing cleaning, yeah. I am now putting into making music or into yeah. helping people,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you
2: know, and my life is better and I have less.
3: Nice. Yeah. So Cool. Nice. Is there anything that you would uh, want to see in the music industry to help people who might not have income to support their music needs? Or like, is there anything, uh, any problems with the industry as it stands now, especially in Alberta? It's a weird musical artsy yeah. industry.
2: Well, I mean, I'm really bad, like I said, at the industry business side of it because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, the you know, I'm focused on the creative side of it. But I mean, it, it. It sucks how much it costs uh, to with your time and your, you know, your energy and your soul and, and um, your finances to make a song, put it out into the world. And then the streaming that you get, the money that you get back from any type of streaming or YouTube is, is like literally nothing. Yeah. Unless you're at like a... a what's Ed she- I'm like, what's that guy's name? Ed Sheeran. <laughs> you know, that guy, he's pretty popular. People yeah. have heard of him. He's a, it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Buddha. Got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless you're at like an Ed Sheeran level, you're not really making any money off of your mm-hmm. streams. Um, And so, uh, it's hard to, to, for a lot of people to keep momentum going. I know constantly I'm seeing people on Facebook that are like, okay, I'm giving up my solo project. I'm, I'm not doing this anymore because it's not, it's not coming back to me. It's not, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why I see that. And I recognize that for me, the focus has to be not about getting the money because there's no guarantee again, externally. If you rely on the external world to dictate how your internal world is, you're you're gonna be screwed eventually, some in some way. As soon as you start building from the inside, yep. Um, then there's who cares how much money you have? Who cares? You know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's the same thing here. Is that I just think that um, it would be great if we made more money because we do all the work <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to get the music, <laughs> you know, out into the world and stuff. You listen to on Spotify. Like we're we're doing all the work to get it there, and, and we're not getting much back. But what are you getting back? You're getting connection. you know, you're getting the things Mm -hmm. that matter if you look at it from that angle. And um, Mm -hmm. if the money stops you, well, then you then choose a different path for a while and see what happens. Uh, You got more information to write about then.
3: Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate the, um, that like generally in a capitalist society, value goes to people who add value to society. And, and, and unfortunately music is, and arts are undervalued. Mm -hmm. I find right. Like if it was all gone, people would really miss it, but people don't realize how much it impacts their life and how much it impacts connection and stuff. And Mm -hmm. and unfortunately, that's a a really big miss uh, the way things are run today. And I don't know how to mm-hmm. fix it, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants a free show, it. right? Yeah.
2: Like everybody wants a free show. Everybody like yeah, you get a, exposure. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm like, um, dude, I'm exposed. Like I got, <laughs> it's all over the, it's all over the world. It's all over the internet. Like it's there.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, it's not about that. It's about, mm-hmm. yeah. So it is, it is tough and it is um, really discouraging for, for the arts in general. Um, but maybe, you know, Maybe that that like when we get stuck in the, in the justice side of things, that's where you get stuck, mm-hmm. right? Like if it's like, mm-hmm. it should be like this, it should be like this, or it should be like this. Well, then you're always focusing on what it should be instead of, you know, what it can be or what it is. That's right. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, um, again, um, no control over that. No, just right. control about what you, and then I feel like if, yeah, we just keep centering from the inside out, then. <clears throat> we can create a movement that, that will shift that because mm-hmm. right now it's the opposite.
3: Right. Yeah, Right.
2: And mm-hmm. that's why people are not paying attention to the arts as much. Why they, you know, they don't recognize that, you know, in this moment, this song, this was a wedding song and it made these two, it made this perfect moment that will like be ingrained into these people's memories forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they're they're talking about the the food and they're talking about the the decor and the you know and <laughs> yeah. the, and they're talking about the venue. Yeah. Um but at the end of the day, you're going to forget the decor, the food and the venue. That's right. But every time you play that song, you're going to snap right back to that moment that you were madly in love. Mm-hmm. You know. Totally. Um and I think uh I don't know, for me maybe that's good enough. Maybe it's just appreciating that that I've done potentially <laughs> done that for somebody. Cool.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And no money can that, can pay for that.
0: It's true. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh so you mentioned your new like Alice uh Alice Awake project and you mentioned your new kind of like country folk inspired song coming out with your Kelsey Rain music. Is there any other new projects you have going on? Um, that we should be watching out for. I um,
1: see. Okay, I
2: got my I got the folk one, I got that one. I mean, those are kind of the ones that'll be coming out the soonest um okay. yeah i think the only other thing outside of music uh i mean i'm uh i'm branching out more with my behavioral stuff as well so like um if anybody needs support <laughs> if anybody needs support there um you know i mm-hmm. also uh tend to bring music into uh, the work that i do like if the, mm-hmm. especially if the guys i'm working with are um, nonverbal or we're dealing with severe depression or like that kind of thing um, music is a great tool to, uh, verbalize and metabolize feelings because if you can get, find the song that connects with the way that you feel sometimes, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, most people, mm-hmm. right. They, they then feel like, okay, like I, I can't, um, say how I'm feeling cause I'm too locked down. Right. But if this says it for me, mm-hmm. I can, can use this as a way to communicate what I need, mm-hmm. you know, um, or what I'm experiencing. And then they, um, can build a stronger connection with the people in their world through music, uh, even if they didn't write mm. the song, even if it's not, you know, uh, so I've been integrate I integrate that into the, the work that I do as well. Uh, and just being like more of a mega mag- amalgamated self. I was for so long scared of like people seeing me in my Kelsey rain music in my Alice awake world. Uh, that see me in my parental coaching world. because mm-hmm. Cuz I'm like, oh, they those two they don't go together. Right? They
3: think I'm. They're going they're going to think I'm weird. They're, they're, they're gonna think <laughs> I'm
2: weird. How, how could you help my child? Look, you're a freak. You know? <laughs> like I'm like, well, look at your kid, man. <laughs> like there's a reason we connect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. no, you, know yeah. you know what I'm saying, right? Like course, like yeah. I was I, like For especially sure. working in school so young, um I had to uh I I kind of had this idea that I needed to present myself older than I was so mm. that um, there was a respect piece there. Like I kind of came across as, as like 35 when I was 18 because right. I was working with high school and like I was only a couple years older than the kids, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> and, and that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, right. anyway, um, I guess that that has some momentum there and if people are interested in any of that, okay. but primarily, yeah, that stuff with the Alice Awake is, is uh, and I'm really excited about this song with Cody and I, that um, it's called As Long As You Can uh and it's as long as you can as long as you can it's just about done uh i just got the bass done Uh, i gotta go in studio mike sands is gonna put some slide guitar in there for me nice he said he's really busy these next couple of weeks but (laughs) that's good to hear yeah it is good to hear right (laughs) uh it's been a long time (laughs) but then uh hopefully it'll be it'll be ready to go in a couple of i don't know a
0: month nice so yeah perfect looking forward to it i have a, a super random question that I thought of just as you were talking I love about, like, random the questions. Back. It's so stimulating. <laughs> we
1: got
0: a few of yeah, them coming the, up. Uh, <laughs> the the power of music and stuff like that. Um have you ever have you seen the movie Sound of Metal? No. Okay. Um this is a must watch. Okay. I don't know if Kyle's seen it either. Okay, write
2: it down for me, Kyle, because I, I don't haven't. have a pen. <laughs> and uh, then it's I'll the last to watch
0: it. it's the last movie that actually like made me cry. Um so it was nominated. He was nominated for an Oscar uh last year. I don't know what time is anymore. But <laughs> yeah. um basically it's the story of this of this drummer that's in a in this metal band and he goes deaf and then the whole movie is kind of like a like a kind of a narrative on like the importance but also not the importance of like being able to hear. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just ties into what you were just saying about about the importance of, of music and that connection that we build. Mm-hmm. And I would just very, very highly recommend that you check that out because well, it is, yeah, very moving and very powerful.
2: Well, hundred percent, man. I just like my whole thing. I just is like the, the guy's going deaf. I'm like, I just did a song for the deaf and hard of hearing. I'm like, this is great. I'm so excited about this. Yeah, now. I don't watch movies so very I'd- often, so I'm
0: ready. Yeah, please, if there's one you're going to watch, please check that out. It's just, it's absolutely phenomenal and it'll just make you weep, but in a good way.
2: But I'm going to call you, (laughs) so I phone you when I'm bawling my head. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you do this to me? Uh,
3: What what service is it on, Adam? Is it on Netflix or something? That
0: is a good question. I don't think it's on, it it might be on, um, I think
3: it's on Prime Video tends to have the like fringe videos. Crave? Crave or Prime, yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Go
2: to my ex's house for
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn.
0: <laughs> it's okay. I mean, you can just like rent it on iTunes. um It is on Crave if you stream Crave. It is okay. on there.
2: Okay. Cool. I will find but it. I even will find it. If you have it, to rent way, it on iTunes I'll for like it. four sure. or
0: five dollars, it's well worth it. Okay.
2: I'm sure I have enough musician friends that I can like be like, Hey guys, let's watch this <laughs> yeah. at yeah, your totally. house. Cause you have Crave. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hey friend <laughs> yeah. hey friend with Crave. <laughs> yeah. We are now closer friends. <laughs>
3: uh, so I've got a question that I always forget to put in the script, but it's my favorite question for summarizing like big, long episodes <laughs> with mm-hmm. lots of content in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you were to go back five years, uh, what would you tell yourself to get you to where you are today? Either faster or more effectively.
2: Okay, five years ago, I was like, okay.
3: No, Doesn't have to oh, be five geez. years. Oh, jeez. no, that's it. Like,
2: that's an intense time. Five years ago. Okay. So this is great. Perfect. Yeah, like you don't even have like I was literally five years ago, probably um, hospitalized. Okay. Yeah, yeah. For for my mental oh. health. Yeah. Okay. So, so a that's good, a... good time frame then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what would I have said five? Okay, then. To know. Mm. Just keep going. Yeah. Just keep going. And like and mm-hmm. I say it again, any direction um is 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 a direction, is somewhere. Nice right. Yeah. Any direction is somewhere. And uh as long as you're going, things things are moving, things are changing. Um and, and it doesn't matter which way you mm. point, you know, <laughs> as, as long as you're moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, um, and then uh, you're not responsible for everyone else's happiness. Mm. You're only responsible for your own.
3: Hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to summarize a lot of what we talked about today. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so my next question is one we also ask on every <laughs> podcast episode different question sharp left turn here what's your what's your method of choice when eating an oreo cookie
1: oh
2: wow it's been a long time (laughs) since i had an oreo cookie um it says that it's
3: sounding dirty it <laughs> <laughs> so we've gotten a lot of interesting I was say, well I'll just say I was going to say oh god I can you can say it we'll cut it
2: out if we okay my okay let's start again my method of choice for eating an Oreo cookie I would say is a split and lick <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah me too <laughs> yeah that's so much dirty if you're not talking about Oreo this is the split lick and dip
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. I almost did a spit take there. <laughs> and spit. Don't spit. <laughs> oh man, All right. that is the most common way, but I've never heard it described that way. a <laughs> things simple. Keep it simple, stupid.
2: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh That's the way to success.
4: <clears throat> oh man, that's funny. <laughs>
0: Um, okay. Any so other questions? <laughs> Transitioning out of that one somehow. Um, how to
3: segue that?
0: <laughs> how to segue that. Uh, the other, the other last thing we ask before we wrap up here, uh, we just like to get some insight from our guests and especially from someone like you, who's very involved in music, uh, kind of about, uh, some music like current, it, it doesn't have to be current, but, uh, stuff that is music or artists out there that is really inspiring to you or if there's anything kind of like coming out either like locally or some favorite bands or artists of yours that
2: Something have out. stuff
0: releasing in the new future that that uh, you think deserves some attention and then uh kyle and i like to check those things out and then we talk about them on our here's what's spinning segments of the show
3: okay to make that a segue from the, the previous one. Oh, what's making you eargasm
2: <laughs> okay yes good one um dermot kennedy always without question who dermot kennedy without
0: super talented, without
2: question Hardy's lyrically up. he's right in my realm with like embracing the dark and the light um he's puts a uh yeah a, a ton of emotion into all of his stuff and he also likes to mm-hmm. collaborate um uh with with a lot of different artists uh so i love him yeah he
0: just put out a new single did he not
2: oh he's constantly putting out new like um yeah he he did uh i i like to cover his his cover of a cover uh his uh he did that van morrison cover recently which i really really love Mm. uh days like this uh i cover that one a lot in shows uh, that one's really great. Uh, he cool. like literally like the, the No Fear album. Just look it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, that came out in like he, 2019, but he keeps adding to it because like the extended version and uh, the extended extended. Yeah, version. yeah. He's mm-hmm. he's fantastic, and I mean, I have a deep love for July Talk. There, mm, you totally. know, uh, especially oh, yeah, cool. especially their older stuff that that's really gritty, um, and their stage. If I could. If I could imagine myself, uh, not in my Alice awake, but in my Kelsey Rain (laughs) project um, on stage with the people that I feel would like gel with, you know, the vibe that I've got going on inside of me, um, it Mm -hmm. would be like a July talk scene where it's just super improv. You say yes to like whatever happens on stage, whatever Mm -hmm. offer Mm -hmm. um, that your bandmate gives you uh, meaning that in like uh, like in a physical way if they approach you you're, like, you're always just saying yes if you take improv classes it's like yes and yeah. right yeah. whatever you're giving me you're gonna pour wine over my head yes and <laughs> I'm gonna grab this giant <laughs> unicorn mask and like throw it over the drummer and then we're all gonna just like make this the cool. normal you know and awesome so yeah. I, I love I would say uh, performance-wise uh, I'd like to get to where July talk.
3: I, I saw is. them at the Coke stage at the stampede. And I feel like I missed out on a lot of that performance. Cause I've never seen them like on a stage for themselves. Oh, so. Yeah, they're <laughs> so
2: good. I did front row right before the pandemic um, when they were, yeah. When they were at the, um, saddle dome oh, yeah. and she's like, holding my hand and walking. I was like, Oh, yes. I've love- met them before at the record store too. Anyway, I love July talk nice. uh, cool. and all, all their energy and, and what they stand for. Uh, and, um, I'm really into Forrest Black these days. He's a guy from calgary well i think he grew up in montreal and then he moved to calgary and now he lives in la Hmm. um and he's just starting to create hit after hit recently he just collaborated with um megan trainer um for one of his songs and um he put out a new love song a couple of days ago or last week i can't remember when it was uh but he's really great because he does so much um live streaming but a lot of it is advocating for like mental health and like checking in with people and being really uh, again authentic with with his own struggle with anxiety and things like that and and I love him for how he uh, really creates relationships with his fans instead of um, just you know using the social media ads to get people to to buy in right he's putting in the time like personally one-on-one
3: cool very cool
2: yeah so I would say for now um those three Very and I cool. did Dean Lewis a lot. Uh
0: Okay.
4: Yeah.
0: Also quick side note Dermot Kennedy was on the last the Metallica just put out like yeah. the, their their mm-hmm. big like covers album. Yeah. Yeah, and he did a really cool cover of Nothing Else Matters. Yes, well done. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. He also so was yeah, in that collab cool. project uh during COVID. Oh god, now I had it when you said that. And now I can't remember which, which song it was. Sorry. There was, there was one where there was like, you know, 10 artists that got together. It might've been a Beatles song. I feel like,
0: Oh yeah. I know which one you're talking about. I can't about. remember.
2: And he was on that and you, yeah. he has such a distinct, like, you know, it's him when you, know, like he has one line in it Totally. and, and it's that rich Irish, mm. you know, kind of rasp and, Oh, so good.
0: Well, that was a good Irish accent.
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't get me started. <laughs>
0: I won't. Good. Um, okay, so before we before we end the episode here, uh, first of all, Kelsey, thank you very much for taking the time to uh, hang out with us today and and speak about all your music and your career and mental health stuff. It was really. It was really cool to have you on. Thanks and, for and, having um, me. Yeah, and
3: diving in, the insight was really good to some of that, though. Definitely strategies and, and, yeah. and, and techniques, and yeah, it was good. Oh, well,
2: thanks, guys. It's the first <laughs> time I've ever done that. Like I've <laughs> like gotten like uh, um, where I've really been that exposed in in this kind of a thing with all the pieces. So yeah. I really appreciate the opportunity, even though it was long winded. It's, you know, um, it's really cool. So thank you.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it is, and that's kind of exa- that's exactly what Colin and I kind of strive for when we started this podcast and started bringing guests on is exactly that just kind of trying to encourage people if they're comfortable to Dig take in. a deep dive <laughs> into some of their personal stuff and
3: and how they grow from it, it, it right like it's not just talking or like just uh just talking about it it's how'd you grow from it how did mm-hmm. you like what got you to where you are today and and i think passing that along to our exactly. listeners is, is a big goal of ours cool yeah no i really appreciate it thank you
0: Uh, If you could, Kelsey, if you want to uh, just let everyone listening know uh, Mm -hmm. where they can go to follow you on all of like your social media and where they can go to find any Kelsey Rain music or Alice Awake music and just
3: be able to stay updated
0: on (laughs) all the new stuff you have coming out. Yeah. And like merchandise, if you have a website. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay. Well, um, both Alice Awake and um, Kelsey Rain Music are Facebook pages. You just go to one or the other. Um, And uh, same thing with Instagram. Uh, Just look up Kelsey Rain Music or Alice Awake. Uh, I think my Instagram is Alice Awake 3000 because I think there was another like Alice Awake tag or whatever, but it wasn't a music thing. Uh, And then all the songs are on any major streaming platform, uh spotify itunes amazon deezer i don't know all of them um and then uh yeah kelsey rain um on youtube i put kelsey at this point i have uh, kelsey rain and alice awake under the same like youtube channel so if you just subscribe to kelsey rain uh and there's not a whole i'm really surprised but there's not a lot of uh kelsey rains no. in the world cool i thought it I, when I, even when i uploaded my first calcium rain song i was like what there's no other like musicians under this name like yeah, it's nice. just, <laughs> and same thing on youtube it's not uh so i'm not really that hard to find because i thought there'd be more of me but there isn't so that's cool
0: lucky <laughs> perfect
2: um yeah so facebook instagram those are the ones i use the most uh and youtube okay and then uh yeah that's that's where you find those and listen to me on Tang Radio in Edmonton. They're super supportive of me. They have me on their rotation like a lot um, hmm. of different songs. I just I'm on it this week again. I always get a tag that that uh, I'm in their rotation. So they're they've been really great. It's hard, really hard to get on the radio and any radio stuff around here um uh, yeah. they bring yeah. me into the eagle all the time but they can't for whatever reason the licensing or something they can't play my songs That's but goofy. they're really good about interviewing me which is i appreciate yay logan thank you <laughs> um <laughs> uh, but uh yeah I, I don't know uh and then same thing like x9229 to- has given me like some exposure mm-hmm. on that t-
3: yeah.
2: uh just yeah. exposure his his thing but i don't know it's hard to get on the radio but those edmonton is- guys they're like all over it for me all the time and making little videos for me to help so yeah they're cool so check them out and i did a really really cheesy intro that i sent them recently that's (laughs) embarrassing so you'll get to hear that it was like sexual innuendos and it was like all these things where i thought it was a little bit funny and then i realized after i sent it that it just probably comes across as super creepy
1: (laughs)
0: whoops Did you mention splitting, licking, and
3: dipping? Oh,
2: I did not. Intro. No, that I saved for you guys. That, that that's your fault. Yeah, that,
3: that, that's what we had to call the podcast exclusively. Exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: that's
3: too funny.
0: Okay, so that we're gonna just SLP, quickly wrap right? that up. Um, or SLD. Yeah.
1: Like uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, SLD. Exactly. What yeah. was the P? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh wrap us up. That's Adam. that's that's next next
3: episode. Yeah. we're devolving. Kay.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say before this derails anymore. No, I'm kidding. Um. So yeah that that does it for this episode of the Adam and Kyle podcast. Uh, thank you again, Kelsey Rain, for coming on. Thanks we'll for include uh, all of the links to your music and your Facebook and your Instagrams and anywhere people can go to find you to follow you or to listen to your music or buy your music, uh, in our show notes below. So look for that. Uh, as for us, you can also find us on Instagram or on Facebook at Adam Kyle podcast. You can email us at Adam Kyle podcast at gmail.com. Send us notes or jokes or anything you want. And That, I think, does it for us today. Um, Thank you all for listening. Thanks again to Kelsey, and thanks for hanging out with us.
3: Thank you. See you later.
4: Guitar, you know, uh oh. And he said, Come on over, dear. There's something I want you to hear, uh oh, uh oh. And she was like, Uh oh, oh oh, oh oh, oh I don't know, uh oh. And he was like, La 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 la, la 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 la.
2: does a drummer address his children
4: oh no <laughs>
3: how
2: anna one anna two anna a-n-n-a
3: oh. <laughs> anna one and anna two. Yeah. yeah okay so maybe it wasn't <laughs> yeah maybe it's a good thing i didn't oh i didn't
2: properly. want it recorded oh that's no.
3: okay i got it on garage oh <laughs>
2: gross <laughs> hello
3: everyone it's kyle here thanks again for listening to today's podcast we hope you enjoyed yourself Please take a second to follow us on all of our social media. Links to our pages and any other material we talked about today are in the show notes below. Check back in next month for some additional conversation, laughs, and new music. And we wanted to give a big thank you to Adam's sister, Amanda Rishog, for designing our podcast cover image. She's a beautifully talented artist that has a tattoo shop here in Calgary called Living Prayer Tattoo. She specializes in fine line work, sacred geometry, and botanicals. Follow her online handle at Living Prayer Tattoo on Facebook and on Instagram where you can find all of her work and booking information. And lastly, thanks again to Phoenix on Productions for the continued technical and financial support which helped make this podcast possible.